Welcome back, you guys. I'm glad you're here with us. This is a unique show tonight, or today, or this morning, depending on what part of the world you're in. I think we're going to talk with Dr. Cousins about this uh, election they're having in America. It's going to be significant for the whole world. So to get right into it, let's do the introductory material with Dr. Cousins, and we'll get going after that. Great. Well, I welcome you all with love, and I want to start with a prayer which is merging the heavens and earth, which is really what needs to be done with this election as well. And the prayer is this. Hashem ikud kudusha brihu ushinate mi'il ar'imulaya shemikin babavke b'yidashulam Hashem kuzreel kolam amen. Once that said, the next thing I want to share is uh, we'd like to start with a little dancing and meditation so our mind is quiet enough to really reflect on what's going on as we may have noticed in the world and um, very actively in the United States is that uh, people's minds aren't so quiet and we're out of that noise comes a lot of uh, chaotic anger and violence and What's needed to evolve society isn't that. What's needed is people coming from their hearts and their minds as a unified whole, which is what the prayer is about. And really having that love for each other. And uh, I'll just mention that Richard and I are starting a new program unconditional love with boundaries and it will start on November 20th. We'll talk more about it, but the point I want to make is how do we how do we approach each other with this uh, love with boundaries? And that's a kind of a, a, a paradox, but it really isn't. It really isn't at all. And so today we're focusing on the elections, which is an example of learning love and boundaries in appropriate ways. So first we start with a little dance. It's uh, People have been dancing for thousands of years. It's a way of kind of opening your heart, opening your mind, and getting in touch with your, your soul energy. So we'll do that for three minutes, and then we'll meditate for a few minutes to kind of center in. And then we'll begin our discussion. Uh, so, here we go. I welcome you all to dance with me so we're all in the same place of dancing with joy. And then we can have a good discussion. Okay.
So just focus. We're going to go into meditation. Just focus on my eyes as the energy comes through. And repeat. If you don't have a mantra already, repeat this to help you focus to get into meditation. And it's yoda in breath, hey and out breath. Wah in breath, hey and out breath. And then yoda from the base up to the heart. Hey out to the heart. And then walk from the base to the third eye. And then hey out to the heart. And after a minute or two in meditation, we are going to do a guided visualization for the healing of the immediate uh, imbalances in the world. First, we're going to go in meditation for a few minutes. So here we go. Just focus on my eyes. Let the energy come through to help awaken the energy in you. And now feel an area right below, a few fingers below your belly button. Feel energy going up, up to the third eye, up to the crown, up to the center point of God, the heart of God, and it activates a certain downward flowing energy that moves around you and the planet up to all the chakras of the planet, up to your feet, and up to the lighted gland, 
which is two finger breasts below the belly button, the energy center of the sacred feminine. And as this energy reaches it, there's an explosion in the sacred feminine, releasing energy going upward through all the energy centers, all the way again <clears throat> to the center point of God, and then descending through the crown, activating the pineal gland. And that, that's the sacred center for masculine energy. And with that, the whole body turns to light, and then these two energies come together, sacred masculine, sacred feminine, in the heart center, the thymus heart center, about four ribs below the color wound, and see there this explosion of incredibly powerful spiritual light, and this light begins to spread, and we're filled with full spiritual sovereignty. And with that full spiritual sovereignty, we are empowered to no longer agree with, honor uh, the forces of darkness that are controlling, trying to control the planet. We no longer consent to any of their technologies, mind control, mind suggestions, technical uh, things that are, that are they put into our blood uh, with you know things like the bioweapon injections, um, no nanobots, no D-bots, no spike proteins, um, no graphene oxide and graphene hydroxide and ferrous oxide, these are all burned up. But the power of the sovereign energy, this full, true scalar wave energy that burns up all, all dark force energy, all this regular scalar wave energy, nothing can stand beyond the power of our mind powered by the true sovereign energy of the divine. All dark forces are burned up, and now there's a column of light that begins to spread out, this white pearlescent light, clearing not only all our body, but all the planet, and now extending into the solar system, purifying that, uh, burning up uh, portals uh, where the, the demonic energies are coming in, burning up um, into the uh, galaxies and following the total solar system, uh, uh, total universes, multi-universes, where we now clear all dimensional, non-dimensional uh, levels and layers so that all is left is the stairway to heaven and we choose to ascend the stairway to heaven. Be there with that for a moment. And as we feel this tremendous light within us, see the light coming out of our heart, creating a, uh, a full sphere that grows to surround us the whole planet, and that then that light is activating all human beings into light, all uh, animals, all mammals, all 
uh, reptiles or amphibians or birds or bees um, or primates or trees or flowers or plants or herbs and the whole living planet is upgraded to a frequency of light that no darkness can exist in this higher frequency of light. And just be there with that and meditate with that for a minute or so. Slowly come out of meditation. Welcome back, everybody. Um, now we're going to move into our discussion. And one of the things that I remember, 1963, President Kennedy was assassinated. I was in college. And I knew something terribly bad had happened. I mean, besides his assassination. And now, of course, it's come out that LBJ, his vice president, actually gave the order. I mean, that's what LBJ said on his deathbed, okay? So it's not like I'm making that up. Gave the order for his assassination. Um, and not just because he wanted to be president, because President Kennedy was clearly threatening to disband the deep state particularly the CIA. A previous president who also 
took on the deep state is Abraham Lincoln. They took on, and they were really trying to uplift the country. Now, recently, depending on how you see the politics of things, some people may also say that of President Trump, who I think, I think, and Richard, you can correct me if I'm wrong, he's had about 13 different assassination attempts, uh, obviously, which you all survived. But the point I'm making is anyone who crosses the deep state is in deep trouble. It has to be extremely courageous. And that's what's being asked for today. We can talk about the politics. And you know what, what I learned when I was in college is Tweedledee and Tweedledum. There's elections tomorrow. And it may be the first time since I can remember, the elections may make a difference this time because of where the left has taken it, what their clear plans are, what they've done in the last two years. I want to honor the left for being brilliant. I mean, you have to be really good to dismantle this country in two years. I mean, that's a work of... Uh, Demonic art. They they really succeeded. Now some people say, well, you know, certainly not Biden, but perhaps it's the people behind him, like ex-president Obama. But I don't know because I'm not there to see who's running the show. Um, but we can see there is a show going on. And there's one lie after another, which is part of, you know, a show. And that's what we're facing. So as we go to the elections tomorrow, it appears that it will make a difference. That's as far as I want to say, because if the Republicans get in, they may be able to stop, unless they go along with, this onslaught on humanity, we are not just talking about the United States. We're talking about the fall of the United States, which opens up the fall of really humanity to a, a big extent. Richard, what do you think about what I just said there? Yeah, I, th- I think Dr. Cousins said the last your last comment was really important, as well, as were the other ones. But the last one first, which is why does it matter? what happens in the U.S. election for the rest of the world. And I think, you know, it's about the founders of the U.S. They didn't perfectly live up to the principles, but the ideals that they were able to codify into the government documents, uh, the Constitution, the Declaration, the letters of the early founders, they were about, you know, we hesitate to give power to a centralized government, but we're doing it because it has one reason to exist, and that is to protect everybody's individual God-given rights. And those are they also said that those are rights not just of Americans. Those rights belong to everybody in, anywhere. So um, they originally were not going to write a Bill of Rights because they understood that everything not specifically restricted was an unlimited God-given right. 
And then they talked about the fact that, well, if we don't write down any of them, then it might be easier to take them away. So they wrote down a few of the most important, starting with freedom of speech and religion and self-defense and assembly and grievances and other things like that. They had no idea the depth to which the deep state would go to undermine the whole thing. But the idea that they wrote into the founding documents that freedom is the justification for government and not freedom of the so-called collective, which really doesn't exist. It's all individuals. And, and so government is justified only to protect the rights of the individuals. And that includes protecting the borders against invasion, protecting against insurrection, real insurrection, like we have accomplished by the media right now and by the crazy people in different sections in the country. That's ongoing insurrection. But there were some legitimate reasons for establishing government. And since then, it's become completely corrupted. But the idea is still alive. So can it be re, you know, regenerated, brought back to life? And I think the elections are understood as important, and otherwise they wouldn't be uh, targeted for corruption. I have a lot of people talking to me about, is it even worth voting? Just made a video about that yesterday, which will be up today. But um, I understand why people say no, because in 2020, we're not even allowed to say in America that uh, the election was stolen. But that's because it obviously was. And they're planning to do the same thing again this time. And we're waiting to see what happens. And then I don't want to take up too much time, but what you said about the three presidents that had gone against the deep state, I can hear the cynics saying the personal faults of these three presidents were glaring, and they were, and the personal faults of all of us are glaring, if you're really honest about our whole history. But that's not the point. People try from their imperfect state of consciousness to uh, follow their ideals, and those three presidents did. You know, Kennedy had a lot of personal problems, and he also had misunderstanding about socialism and free markets and a lot of things like that. But his motives were obviously good, and he was going to shut down the Vietnam War and the central bank, erroneously called the Federal Reserve when it's not federal. And he had to be killed for things like that because his motive was wrong, being for the good. Same with Lincoln. Lincoln was a radical racist, he wanted blacks deported from America, and that's been twisted into thinking that civil war under Lincoln was to free the blacks. No, that was only part of his military strategy when it mattered. But he wanted to keep the country intact. It's just that he didn't do it by cooperation. He did it by bloody force. And uh, the states always had the right to secede, whether you're in the north or the south. Anyway, he had some ideals for which he had to be killed. And the same thing with Trump. What Trump has done so far makes him complicit in mass murder and genocide. There's no question. Unless he doesn't know anything about what's going on with the fake vaccine, in which case he's so unaware that he's not qualified. But as you said yesterday, um, he has to know. That means he's complicit in mass murder. But 
it's it's tricky. You can't just throw out the whole character. I think he definitely has ideals that he tried. He was willing to risk his life for, and that was why he had to be attacked so viciously by the mainstream. So it's not whether somebody is, you know, all knowing or demonic. Everybody's on on the stages of their own spiritual evolution, and on the way to that, these three presidents and everybody else is trying in some way to do what they think is right. And that's that's the hope for the future, I think. So what powers this? What powers us? And, and is going to the truth of who we are. Right. Because everybody has an idea of what they think is right. And, and as Richard's saying, okay, none of these three presidents were at all perfect. They had a larger sense of what they thought was right and willing to risk their lives for it, which, okay, which is what we're talking about. But at a deeper level, what do we do? Well, our role is to, to go within and understand the light of God of who we are. And what I see all this turmoil about regardless of the outcome of tomorrow, but it's important we start taking a stand, okay, so we don't take the mark of the beast, um, is that by going within, it's forcing us to wake up. And I believe that more people have woken in the last year or two than probably in the previous 20 years or 30 years. And the fire of this whole thing, uh, the trial by fire, is what's waking up people so that we'll be ready to embrace a more awake leadership as it emerges. So I think that the bigger picture is this is all good, even though we're looking at this is very difficult. Yeah. So tomorrow's a test because are we willing to come out of our slumber enough to create a massive vote that they won't be able to overcome by cheating. Right. I think what you're saying is really the deepest key because there's a reason it matters to find out who you are. And again, people who are kind of cynical about this or don't understand what you're saying might think, well, that's a bunch of academic you know, ideas. It depends on what religion you have and your philosophy and what you believe, and it doesn't make any difference in the real world, but it makes a difference in two ways. One is it changes your motives and what you're willing to do and how clear you are to find ways to get it done. But the other that's less obvious, I think, is that it affects everybody else. Because when you find out who you are, you find out your connection to the other people. You know, and there's a famous quote in scriptures about loving your neighbor, meaning everybody, as yourself. Well, that's not honest unless you see them as yourself, for real. And when you find yourself, you're going to find what everybody else is, too. And then that ends um, arrogance. It ends condemnation of others because you realize if you were looking out through their programming and their background and their body and their senses, you would do what they're doing. So do you want to condemn them? Because if you do, you condemn yourself. And it leads to something called unconditional love that you mentioned before. So the 
love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, I think it's Leviticus 19 or 17, 19, 17, something like that. It has many levels of understanding. Right. Because who is yourself? So when you know the self of all, we know the light of God within yourself, you are able to see that light of God in the other. And then that sense of oneness comes because the light of God is resonating with the light of God in all the people. So that's you know kind of another level of talking about love your neighbor as yourself really is see God in each other. Right. Same but if you can't see God in each other, they see God in yourself. How do you do that? Well, generally speaking, there's a pro- there's a process. You know, I call it, uh, in a non-sectarian way the six foundations, seven four piece. Where is that? Eating in a way that you become conscious rather than dull. Moving, dancing, moving the the pranic energy, service and charity, working with spiritual teachers so that you can kind of wake up more meditating and awakening, having the uh, awakening of the spiritual energy. Also known as Kundalini or Ruach HaKadosh. So those are all about knowing who you are because it takes you to the direct experience of who you are. And it is not something that's intellectual. It's a direct knowing. And when you know that, then you see it and know it to other people. So I think that that would affect how you look at the issues in the election too, right? Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's look at some examples of what you would say are the most important ones. Well, you know, you can see in Arizona, where I previously was and where you live, um, the spirit in Cary Lake. That lady is brimming with the with Holy Spirit. And um, when she is compared to the other candidate, there's, there's a world of difference. And so when we start voting on uh, a person's quality of the divine in them, Carrie Lake becomes a very clear choice. Now she's, you know, we're talking about politicians now, and she's like an exception. She stands out in that way. So to me, that would be, uh, I think, a good example. Yeah, that's a great example. And yeah. the issues that she brings up are things like health freedom, which is a huge issue for the, what just happened in the world. And also... Um, Can you clarify that? You're talking about choice about vaccination or not. So that's what you're saying, Yeah, right? vaccination and anything, which means that the medical profession cannot be... Medical power structure cannot be used to enslave people, no matter it's how serious... fascism, and that's what, we're, what we've just experienced. Yeah, it's still going on. You know, yeah. in in America, it's been coming out that the vaccine, which they got all the celebrities to say you're a terrible person unless you take it, um, well, sorry, it doesn't actually prevent diseases, which if you do the deeper research into all the vaccines, none of them prevent the diseases. And it's amazing that a lot of doctors that see what's wrong with the 
COVID vaccine can't see what's wrong with any of the others. The, the programming from their training and memorization is so strong. But they're saying with, with any treatment, you it can't be forced on you. And, and this goes with why America is symbolically important to the rest of the world. Because that idea of personal freedom, not the good of the whole, that's really important. And it, it can be counterintuitive unless you understand it. You have to protect individual freedom, not to hurt each other intentionally, but individual freedom to live a normal free life. And if you substitute the collective, then you have socialism and communism and tyranny and ultimate suicide for the country. So, so the good of the whole is a very interesting uh, statement. It sounds great, but who decides what the good of the whole is? If you have and that's where the corruption comes from. You need a tyrant to, t- to define the good of the whole. Right. And when you're really talking at a deeper level, that everybody's experiencing the divine with them, naturally the good of the whole evolves as a sense of oneness and peace with each other. It naturally evolves. Nobody's defining what that is according to their politics and according to the power politics of the situation. There's an analogy between countries, just like there is between people. You know, the global rulers right now are pushing for a global tyranny in the name of one world cooperation. And that's what you might call their definition of the good of the whole, where they destroy the world, basically. And the other the view... The whole world. Amazing. The other, Amazing. The, other view, the other view is sovereign countries cooperating, but not losing their independence. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the issue of sovereignty is key, and that's why the visualization is important. We are designed as sovereign beings. That's the design. And it's our responsibility to wake up. Now, as we wake up, and this is more of biblical teaching, as we wake up, then it elevates the rest of humanity. Right. And naturally brings that. But the definition doesn't come good of the whole, therefore this is what you're supposed to do, which is be unawake. It's just the opposite. Wake up, be sovereign, and by the power of your uplifting frequency, you uplift the whole. Yeah, and that's not just a um, a belief. It's not just in scriptures, as you mentioned. It's actually verified. On What's the, the way it works? On the physical plane with quantum physics and electronic devices that have measured that happening, everybody is networked and very intimately at all distances, no matter how physically far away you might be. We're all simultaneously affecting each other. That's called the global mind. And uh, when we do our Peace 21 meditation, on each interaction sources, it's about activating the global mind into the oneness, into a higher frequency of peace, oneness, and love. Right. So how what you imagine, like in the meditation that you were doing and that you do periodically, it's not just to make yourself feel better, although it does that. But it immediately, at the same time, affects everybody else. And one thing that there's so many 
so many secrets that are kept from us right now that we're never supposed to remember what they really mean. And one of them is the power of imagination, if there's emotion connected to it. And that's vast. I mean, it's practically unlimited because the power of God is working through us all the time. But it's scattered and it's full of worries and fear and it goes through the filter of our negative programming and it gets dissipated and doesn't do what it could. If that's brought together in, in centeredness and stillness and focus and connected with the feeling like what it would feel like if, if world peace were real, what would that feel like? And you actually give that emotional attention. That is probably, in my experience, the biggest fear of the rulers that we ever discover how to do that. So it's really exciting because we're talking at a deeper level as we're looking at the election tomorrow. So the question is, so why is it worth doing it? Well, because who we are is affecting the whole. Right. And so <clears throat> when we're voting, we're, we're making an energetic stance. Why don't we look at uh, <clears throat> some of the issues that you're not supposed to talk about? One of them that we already touched on, and we only have a few minutes, I know, but we can get to a few of them. Let's look at borders, which we're told by the uh, global ones and by the me our corrupt media in America is almost completely criminal, and they say it's racist to have secure borders. How would you see that? from a conscious point of view? Well, we talked about unconditional love with boundaries. Right. And what we understand when we look at actions, because that's key, when you judge, um, you think unconditionally, what's the result? What are they doing with people? Well, they bust people in, they ship them all over the place, they you know, are using them as boats, but they're doing more. They're giving them entertainment, three good meals a day. They're really benefiting by coming here. Meanwhile, the regular Americans are really suffering and struggling. Do you think that doesn't cause some conflict? Do you think that that doesn't create racial tensions? So they're setting things up to, to create that overall, like, hey, wait, I'm an American citizen, and these people are getting, you know, three good meals a day, they're getting entertainment, they're being taken care of, they're staying at five-star hotels. What is going on? Right. These are really a very insidious way of affecting people, but then in the long run, which may not be really true, they see these as people who are potential votes for their position. For their position. That's true. They're, they're not doing it to help out. They're paying people to come, literally. They're yeah. busting them here. They're being given debit cards and free transportation, etc. That's the UN, primarily, but financed by the U.S. Completely criminal organization, full of good people working for it that have no idea. They don't understand. They, they watch television, and they believe it. And the other thing is that you you mentioned how important it is for each country to be sovereign with its own culture, whatever it wants to do. 
and cooperating without losing its independence. When you destroy borders, the sovereign countries are gone. And that's the idea, too, is to destroy the sovereignty of the U.S. Right. And, and, of, Mexico, and of Canada, and even some theories are to take all of that and lump it together into one big region. Yes, and then global. Total enslavement. Let, because the time, time is short, let's look at another issue that you're not supposed to have any dissenting opinion on. I would say, if you want one that's controversial, how about abortion? And I just want to mention, uh, you know, our criminal media is saying, what's abortion? Oh, it's women's health. It's women's freedom and health. And if you become conscious of the networking that you talked about in meditation and prayer and connection to God and find out who you are, you become aware of your connection to everybody else. And this is what enables people to look inside an, an issue at any distance and see levels of what's going on that your mind didn't tell you before. And what you discover about abortion is the baby doesn't begin to develop unless the being is already there. It doesn't happen. The DNA doesn't line up by chance. The characteristics of that body are chosen to fit what's needed for the lessons of that lifetime for the person who came in, male or female. And otherwise, it doesn't develop. And it's it, you're killing that person as they try to knit their body together. And it, it's a horrific act. It's not... and. You know, even even if you don't know that, on a medical level, it's not healthy for women to have an abortion. It's very invasive, harmful procedure with a lot of side effects that aren't talked about. And the other thing besides that is that when you promote that, you start denigrating the value of life so that it leads automatically into uh, partial birth abortion, where there's no argument at all that it's a human baby. And then in California, New York, and other places where they've signed, I think Virginia, under Northam, they signed legislation that it's actually not a born human viable baby until the mother and the doctors have a meeting and they decide whether to murder it or not. That's where it goes and then beyond. Well, and... and California, uh, it was signed by the governor that you can kill the baby up to one month. Yeah, exactly. And it's, so, not really, it's not really living. So they twist the language and they say, well, should we resuscitate the baby? You know, indicating that it's not alive until you decide whether to kill it or not. So I'd like to go back a little bit because this is not a new issue. W women... Families were offering the babies to Malek, okay, to Balaam, and these to Baal. And so the child um, sacrifice is being reinstituted as normal. So that's the first thing is, wait, we're back to idol worship and child sacrifice. And you wonder why America's in trouble? Don't have to think twice. There is a consequence of that. Second thing is, uh, it, it isn't the mother's. The mother has a right to her body, but the child has a right to its body. 
Right. So there's two beings here. If we follow the fact that this is a live, active soul, and the mother doesn't have a right to kill a, a separate soul. Right. So separate. that's where you're unconditional love with boundaries. The boundaries are not on the love, they're on the action. You can't kill because you feel like it. Because it's your body, because it is your body holding it, but that baby is its own being. Right, there's two bodies. And so this is really false understanding to say, my body, my choice. It's like, no, your body, but it doesn't mean you have a choice to kill another person because you happen to be carrying the baby in your body. Right, and you don't have to be Go ahead. Sorry. You don't have to be a parent if you don't want to. Adoption is open. There's more uh, parents who want to be adopters than there are babies available. And um, the only thing wrong with the process that I know of is that the medical tyranny has made it required to inject the baby with poison if you're going to adopt it before you do it. And that needs to change. So what we're looking at is, you know, multiple levels of it. But when I hear women say, my body, my choice, yeah, it's your choice to take care of your body. But it's not your choice to kill the baby. That's a separate person with a separate consciousness, with a separate soul, and that's called murder. Right. Not that complicated. So we have child sacrifice, we have murder, and now they're creating post uh, a delivery post pregnancy uh, where you can kill a baby up to one month. Now, where does it stop? The minute you take the boundaries away, you say, "My body, my fine." Well, I'm a I'm a person. I don't want this two year old. I think I'll kill it. Right. Where does it, where does it stop? That is huge because we've already extended now three months full term. One month post birth, where does it stop? And it brings us right into the destructive ways we're living. And somebody asked me the other day, is there a way to turn things around in the United States? Really in the world, but the United States we're talking about. If we continue to act the immoral ways we're acting, there are karmic consequences. Exactly. And so that is what we're seeing. So the fall of America is connected to the karmic consequences. And Obama and Biden are part of the bad karma. Karmic consequences. So they're playing their role too, you see. And all the people doing what they're doing. So all this is like, there are different levels of what we're talking about. You know, there's so many discussions that are included in what you're saying that could each take a separate show. Uh, one of the things when you mentioned karma, a lot of people just brush it off and say, well, my religion doesn't believe in karma. You know, that's just a Hindu philosophy or something like that. They don't understand. Well, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, but these things existed from the beginning of creation. They weren't created by a belief. You know, it's built into the way it works so that if you, because of how we're networked, like you were saying, and all the same self in everybody, what you do to somebody else, you do to yourself, which is the basis of karma. And so it, you don't have to be caught by God. 
your own consciousness instantaneously knows and sets a, a scenario in motion that's going to teach you why you do or don't do that. Yeah, there, there are levels that we call it Kanan, Medega, Kanan, measure for measure. And so in the Torah, it clearly teaches measure for measure. Which right, but it also encourages people to do that to each other. And and what karma says is this is done by the system under underlying everything. Even if no one ever finds out what you did, it's going to incur immediate karmic results. And, and that's called measure for measure. I mean, you don't have to talk about others. It's, you do an action that's out of balance with the unity awareness, and there's an equal and opposite reaction Let's do another example. I know we're about out of time, but I want to bring up one more thing. There's so many amazing examples of egregious horrors going on that need to be turned around so we don't incur any more of this karmic retribution that you're talking about. And, you know, at some point, I want to talk about the mentality that allows parents to give their children to Moloch in any form. And it's not just the mother that has that responsibility, the father does too. Just because, you know, as a male, you can walk away and, and you not get pregnant. There's a sacred responsibility equally on both parents to do whatever they have to to protect the child from conception on. But what, what I wanted to bring up, since the children by parents who don't want to sacrifice them to Moloch have to be protected from all dangers, primarily the doctors and the schools, to, to name two of the big ones. And one of the reasons that schools are a big one is they're taking kids aside privately and teaching them that they're not the gender that they think they are. And they should have uh, mutilating surgery and dangerous chemicals that are going to sterilize them for life and permanently mess up everything about their hormone system. Which and their brains, and their brains. It actually their brains, which means their personality and their emotional state. Of course they're right. Right, and this is being called uh, freedom and rights of children. Um, it goes right along with what you were talking about. Well, you know, you can't vote till you're 18, and there's some a little bit of maturity when you're 18. Mostly people become sick to be more true in their early 20s. So thinking about a three-year-old or four-year-old having the ability to make any serious decision separate from his parents is totally ludicrous. And it's just a very poor or uh, self-righteous reason for, oh, kids have a right to do what they want. No, that's why you have parents. You're supposed to protect the kids so when they can grow up and actually be wise enough to make choices. And that's at least at 18, if not later. Right. And I think they just um, passed a law in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, that doctors are not allowed to mutilate the bodies of kids. Yes, that's right. That's right, right. Until they're 18. And they should give, you know, incredible warnings after 18, too, because a lot of adults have been tricked into this. Yeah. And they wouldn't. It gets to be a fad. Like for the teenage girls, it's like a fad. For the boys too, but more for the girls. And it's like, what did I just do? I just ruined my life. And right. there's a lot of remorse. Even yeah. within 
few years, and we also know the rate of suicide is people estimate, you know, three times, eight times more is the figure I kind of come up with when I see it. But some people are saying people become 19 times more suicidal when they've had these uh, sex changes. Right. Uh, it kind of ruins the energy in many ways. But the kids don't know it. They don't, they don't know it until immediately or even the next 10 years. What our criminal media is trying to do is say that's suicide rate is because people make fun of them. Yeah, none of that's... The data does not support that, of course, but that's not, you know, so... All this is really important when we look at what's going on, and this nation is making choices that moral choices that are leading to karmic ruin. And that's what we're seeing. We have a chance to turn it around which is return to the natural ways of being that are outlined in all the classic, the Vedas and the Torah and, you know, the, the whole biblical thing. and All that's there, okay? And when we return to that, then things get back in order. Now, it appears we're going to do this the hard way. Hopefully not. Uh, you know, once you experience a little bit of the hard way, you don't wish it for anybody. Well, but that's what tomorrow is about. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, are we choosing the hard way? Are we choosing to start to wake up and make choices? I don't think they can cheat enough to nullify and undo all the elections. I think that's, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. The most criminal districts like... Uh, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania and others like that are saying, you know, it's going to take quite a while to count the votes, probably several days. You know, they could say more than a week. And it, the re, whenever they say that, you know, it's because they need to manufacture fake ballots enough to overcome the real vote. And that needs to be stopped. Also, there's no reason to have any electronic machines involved anywhere. That needs to be gotten rid of. Didn't they used to just count the ballots in one day by hand? I mean, you know, what is one day, They were all paper. Now they still tried to cheat. There's a book that documents that called Vote Scam USA by the Collier Brothers, written in the 60s, I think, yeah. that's still available. And when the ballots were paper uh, and they didn't have the technological ways to cheat, they took them into basements and put machine gun armed guards around them. And, and tried to change the little, uh, what they called chaffs and the holes that were punched out on the punch cards. But they couldn't do it to the extent they do now. It's been something they've wanted for a long time. So hopefully enough is done. If not, we just go into the next level of degeneration and until the big correction happens. It's not the reset. It won't be the reset. It's a, there's a moral correction that's going to happen. Yeah, our work is the same regardless. Yes, because we look at the outside, but again, it's the inside. And I would hope no matter what the outcome, people are more inspired to go in, to experience that God spark inside of them, and share that with as many people as possible. Right. And bringing peace and love and unconditional love with boundaries to each other. I hope. 
Sounds right. So may we be blessed that we're at peace with this and we do within our hearts the right thing as it's aligned with the moral and spiritual teachings of the last 10,000 years. Peace be with you. And thank you, Richard, and thank you, Doug. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. It's an honor to be able to participate with you. And I have to apologize in line with that uh, for giving you a wrong answer this morning. Uh, not in the show, but before. I said, uh, hi, Dr. Cousins, this is Richard. I'm trying to figure out what time we go on today. And you said, are you sure it's Richard? And I said, yeah, I'm working on confirming that, meaning finding the real self. And I should have said, um, no, I'm I'm spirit, temporarily <laughs> occupying a physical costume form, trying to do a good job in a brief period that we have in it. Um, Very good. <laughs> getting connected back to where we came from. Before we leave here and being able to express it here, and I think in relation to the last thing that you said too, uh, whatever happens at the polls in any country, you know, in Brazil they're having big protests now because apparently their election was massively stolen, just like it was in 2020 in the U.S., which you're not, not allowed to say here either. And... Uh, so whatever happens, whether it's successfully stolen or some good people actually get in, which is what I'm hoping to see, uh, you know it's important enough to participate because otherwise it wouldn't have so much attention and resources being devoted to organized theft. Um, and the reason the inner work is important, regardless of what happens, is because it actually affects other people. There's no question. It's not just a the inner work is not just something to make you calm down and feel better in the midst of chaos. It actually has an immediate effect on everyone else. And even though there's eight, about 8 billion of us apparently shrinking right now on this planet, the numbers, I mean, um, the proportion of your influence on everybody else is not set at 1 in 8 billion or whatever the number is. It gets higher your relative influence goes up depending on how focused you get on what Dr. Cousins was referring to, the self in everybody. And I don't mean as an idea. We're not advocating a new philosophy or religion. Uh, this is the reality, the experience, not the memorized belief. You know, people have had memorized religions for all of history that we know of, and we're still in a complete deadly mess. And what's missing is the experience that he mentioned. And it's time to bring that together so we, you know, karma is not just negative, it's also positive. So if you start that work seriously right now, it could start a real pandemic of consciousness that's not fake and doesn't need a test and would show up in the outside world. And you could be the patient zero for that. And I'm hoping that's the case. I'm seeing you as the hope for the world that way and see your time here as valuable. You know, when you get to the end of it, you look back and say, well, I had no idea how brief it was and how important it was what I did, what I thought and what I focused on. Now you do know, or hopefully you know, and uh, start valuing every minute you've got here as beyond price. And how do you use it? Unconditional love in action, like Dr. Cousins was talking about, we need to become that. The only way we can have a chance 
to even come close to doing it is let that one self in everybody do it through us. There are ways to do that. So he mentioned a new project that we're starting, which you'll hear more about soon. Unconditional love in action is the subject because it's the most important thing for us to do right now and get in touch with that as an experience, not just a belief. And we're doing something similar in our Planetary Healing Club group, which you're invited to anytime. PlanetaryHealingClub.com. It's about the work of consciousness. And uh, anytime you want to come join us in that, it's all about working internally in yourself, no matter what happens, transforming you and having this effect to start it on everyone else as well. So thanks for being here. We really value your time and uh, consider you as amazing beings because that's what you are. We need time to wake up, shake off the illusion and the negative programming and the contention and the hatred of each other and ourselves and get back in touch with who we are. It's the most important use of your day today, so use it well. We'll see you soon. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.